Welcome to Stork Storytime Talks with the North Liberty Library. Are you expecting or thinking of starting a family? If so, this podcast is for you. Delivering literacy one topic at a time. This episode is sponsored by Mercy Iowa City. We invite you to like and subscribe to our Talks podcast wherever you listen. Just one more is a phrase heard by both parents and children while reading together. Whether the child is trying to delay going to sleep or really wants to be told just one more story, or the adults giving in and reading just one more book, this scenario is played out every day in many, but not all, homes. I'm Jen, and today we're talking about the print motivation early literacy skill, why children need to know it, and how libraries support that. I'd like to welcome to the podcast Tara Carrera Bauer and Meredith Crawford, librarians at the Cedar Rapids Public Library. Would you please tell us about yourselves and what you do at the library? Sure, and I just want to say thank you for having us, Jennifer. So again, my name is Tara, and I work at the Cedar Rapids Public Library as a programming librarian. I've been there for, I'd say, about five years now, and I do a variety of programs, including Mother Goose on the Loose, preschool story time, and I've also started recently a daycare story time outreach program to daycares in low-income neighborhoods. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. This is Meredith, and I actually was trained as an archivist. I came to the public library world in a little different way. I was a historic photo archivist for a couple years before we moved to a new city, and I had the lucky opportunity to become a children's librarian (laughs) in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I was a children's librarian there for about five years, and then when my family moved back up to Iowa, I came to the Cedar Rapids Public Library. I've just been there since January, and currently I do children's programs when needed, filling in here and there, and then I also do some adult programming and outreach. Wonderful, thanks again so much for joining us today. Print motivation is an early literacy skill that children should know before starting school. Can you tell us in parent terminology, what does that mean? Yeah, I think the easiest way to describe print motivation is just kids enjoying books and enjoying being read to. Why do kids need to learn this or know about this or enjoy reading books? Why is that important? For the most part, most people understand that children need to be not only able to read, but motivated so that they can learn, right? So they can have an easier time in school, so that they can you know, be successful. But I think something that is particularly interesting to me is that print motivation kind of rounds out a person too. I think that when children specifically want to read and want to be read to very young, like that's creating a community and a bond with parents and caregivers, first of all. And those relationships are really important. Like I happen to be a parent and I can't count the number of hours I've spent with children on my lap reading and that motivation when they bring you a book Mm -hmm. and want to be read to or when they say just one more like especially as a librarian you need it's really hard to say no Mm -hmm. go to bed right (laughs) but i think that's an underlying way to form relationships and as a public librarian certainly i think that's really important because i don't know i'm sure tara has similar thoughts i don't want to speak on behalf of librarians everywhere But this is how we integrate with our community and connect to one another. The more aware kids are of the words all around them, the more they're going to see where they are and feel like they're a part of their environment. Mm -hmm. So that print awareness 
coming to print motivation, like wanting to be a part of things. I mean, kids are natural decoders. They're learning all the time. It doesn't matter if they're a newborn or if they're 13 years old. You know, like they're constantly figuring things out. Their brain's developing so rapidly that when they have the motivation to connect with words and books, I think that they grow into actualized people as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certainly they're going to be better off in school, but they can kind of address their own curiosities and inclinations as well. Well, and just to add to that, we use literacy in every part of our life, and it's how we learn. So people who are illiterate as adults, how do you learn? Reading is a way of learning that we use in so much of our lives. So I think that's another reason why it's so important to want to read. And so that skill of print motivation, how would expecting parents help to foster that even before a baby arrives? Do you have any suggestions for those expecting families? I feel like one of the most valuable things to do is kind of just look around your own life. Like you said, like how do people use print to learn things? I think it's really interesting how when we take a step back, we're all so busy and you're getting ready for baby, you're trying to do all the right things. And it's sometimes hard to kind of reflect on your own experience and understand, well, how does the way I live my life going to affect this baby that's not even born yet? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But by looking through all those things you do, like, do you read recipes when you're driving? Look at the signs, like there are words everywhere. And those are all going to be conversation topics. Mm -hmm. Someday, you know, you could talk out loud even baby hears that, baby hears the hum of everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of understanding your own environment and where opportunities will be for conversations with children. Oh, look, there's the sign for apples. When you go through the grocery store, things like that. Mm -hmm. I think that practicing reading, making sure that, you know, you're engaging in reading, whether it's sitting down and reading a magazine even just for a little while, getting in a routine Mm because that routine will either carry over to the time you spend with your child reading like before bed. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. But also I think it's important to get caught reading, to be Hmm. a role Mm -hmm. model, Mm -hmm. to show that it's an important part of Mm -hmm. what your family does and how you spend your days. Right. And even getting ready for your baby, do you have a place to put books, Mm -hmm. to display books? Because we think about a place to put toys And um, we want our kiddos to look at books in the same fun way as they look at toys and to pick out books that are fun for kids to read. And for your very little babies, once they're born, you'll want high contrast books that have black and white and red. Mm -hmm. And then you want to be thinking maybe about books that have baby faces. Little babies love to look at other babies' faces, things like that. Things that are interactive are all really fun. Those are some wonderful tips for the expecting family to start thinking about, you know, before baby comes. Um, And if you're into that routine already, it's much easier to either continue it or go back to it after that chaos the newborn brings to the home. (laughs) So those are some wonderful tips. What about after baby arrives? What can parents and caregivers do to continue help building the skill after they're Mm -hmm. born? I would say just being excited about the books. Like kiddos pick up on your mood around reading. And so if you're excited about the book, they're going to be more excited. Picking books that you liked as a kid or that your parents read to you would be really neat. I agree. And I think that, you know, conversations all the time about where words lie are important too. Even if they're very small children, you can see a billboard. My children always like the Geico Gecko. 
I don't know if I can say. I don't know if I can say (laughs) real words out loud. But you know, just seeing something interesting and associating a word with Mm it—it's kind of ridiculous when your children might actually recognize business names before they recognize other things. Another thing I'd like to add, and I think we touched on it a little bit, is just making sure that you allow the reading to last as long as your child's attention span is. So you're not forcing the reading. So we know that especially younger kids, they have short attention spans, and that's okay. You can let them go off and play. You can still read for a little bit, or you can pause and take a break. Pick a different book. That's a great idea because sometimes I think parents might feel, oh, we didn't finish this book. You know, we have to. It it doesn't matter if you just get through the first few pages. Right. And it's okay if you're reading that same book over and over again Mm -hmm. because you're developing that love and excitement for reading. So while it might be boring for you after the hundredth time of reading whatever title or subject that your child, you know, if you've read every dinosaur book there is, keep doing that. It's okay because that's important for that child. Even as a storytime librarian, I will paperclip pages if I feel like a book is too long for my audience. Oh, I do idea. that as well. Yeah. And especially anymore, I think the nonfiction books, they've really done a good job with making those appealing to children of all ages. And don't feel like you have to read every single word on the page. You can just talk about the pictures. Mm-hmm. There's even books without yeah. words on and make it. make your own stories. I think you mentioned this already too, Meredith. If we're making time before baby arrives to read and to develop that love of reading in ourselves, if maybe we aren't fond of reading, once the kiddos are there and see us reading, that makes a big impact on them too. And it helps to reinforce that reading is valued at home and is important. Also, can you speak to some of the types of books to help kids enjoy reading, like the manipulatives or the different types of like board books or what new parents out there who maybe don't have books at home, what's some things that it's okay to chew on the book or (laughs) kind of share with them some of those tips? Well, I think as Tara mentioned that making sure that you have books accessible, like books (laughs) are a part of the playscape. And I think that no matter how a child uses a book, unless they're using it as a weapon, right? (laughs) Right, right. It's a good use. I think that having them handy, they're going to play with them. You don't even have to be around for a child to appreciate and enjoy a book. I mean, they can look at pictures by themselves, certainly, but as they flip the pages, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a really good skill, and it's empowering to a child Mm -hmm. as well. I think that, you know, when they can hold it in their hand and model behaviors, Mm -hmm. that's an important part of early childhood development, not just early literacy. And I think people who don't know children's books would be surprised at how many different types there are. I mean, there are lift the flat books. There are touch and feel books. A patron came into the library yesterday and wanted books about potty training. And there was a Sesame Street one where you can pull down the toilet paper for Elmo, like a little pull tab. (laughs) And he was excited about that. So, yeah, I think just making sure that the books are fun for your child, that they're interactive, and then looking at what is my child like outside of reading? Maybe they're into dinosaurs. We have plenty of dinosaur books at the library. Whatever interest they have, there's a book. Yeah, I think you were spot on too that there are so many different (coughs) kinds of books being published now, especially for babies. Mm -hmm. They have chemistry books for babies Mm -hmm. and things Mm -hmm. like that, you know? So I think some of those might appeal more to parents than children at first, but (laughs) I mean, I think it's really important to be so very wide open as well Mm -hmm. to all the different kinds of interests. Not only trying to build a library of things that your child enjoys, but throw something different. Throw Mm -hmm. something that you never would have thought 
your child would enjoy, especially the younger they are, because it just exposes them to different mm-hmm. things. And different words. So the, the Shakespeare books or the books with poems, or like you said, they are taking a lot of adult topics and putting them down into a board book type format. So especially as a parent, you know, I go home with arms full of books for my children and I'm mm-hmm. surprised at the stuff that they are either interested or disinterested in. And it's a welcome reminder that they're just these really unique humans and mm-hmm. I don't have the necessary tools for understanding their brains entirely. You know, mm-hmm. they are their own people and it's kind of a disjustice if I don't diversify the things that I choose for them or take them to the library. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another thing, letting Mm -hmm. kids, even if they're really teeny tiny, pull board books off the shelf and take them home and validate their experience and like what they're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Print motivation is empowering for all ages, I think. And speaking of libraries, um, as librarians, we do a wonderful job of developing that print motivation in children of all ages. Um, there's a variety of ways that we do that. Can you speak to some of that so parents don't feel that they have to develop the skill all on their own? Well, I think that one of the things that I most have enjoyed about being a children's librarian has been the ability to model behaviors during story times or model practices. So I know Tara does this too, even setting out books as play items for after a story time, like making sure that an environment is there where if there are toys out, books are out too, but also the way you read. It surprised me. I used to do a like a baby story time and there was a mom that had come for a couple weeks and she was a therapist and she was, you could tell she was a super engaged mom. Like she was on everything. And at the end of one story time, she's like, you know, this has really taught me to be silly. And I really appreciate that. What a compliment. It totally took me by surprise, too, because I don't have a whole lot of pride when I do story time. I'm really goofy. (laughs) And just giving parents and and caregivers, because it's not just parents sometimes, Right. right? right? An opportunity to kind of like relax and enjoy and see what kind of enjoyment that can bring to the child too. Like when you have a fun time with a book, oh my gosh, it's gonna be fun again, that kind of thing, right? And then I think that the way you read a story in that kind of goofy way, when you do voices and, you know, this is kind of print awareness, but if you're pointing to words as you read them, if the word is big and it's in capital letters, then you say big. And then you say, do you see how big this word is? It's really big. (laughs) Things like that are really fun. Like, I even got the librarians in the room to laugh, you know, but kind of modeling those behaviors. And a parent maybe doesn't know that intuitively unless you're a librarian or a teacher. So I think those are very great ideas to help a parent feel that they can be a kid as well. It feels really good, too. Mm-hmm. But you can also point out, oh, look, like the cat's reading a book or the otter sending the mail, mm-hmm. like places where the characters are engaging with print is mm-hmm. kind of important, mm-hmm. too. And then I think, too, when we do programs, I think we all try to make them really fun. Like we want children and caregivers to come back because they had a great time engaging right. with, you know, some kind of anchor of literature. So if you read mm-hmm. a story or if you have supplemental books to check out afterwards. We did a private investigator apprenticeship program recently. And so we opened by reading a chapter 
from File mm. Under 13 Suspicious Incidents by Lemony Snicket. But then we have all these books out afterwards about you know, crime scene investigation or mm. how to be a spy and science experiments. And kids take those home and they continue that adventure somewhere new. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really important as well. Sounds like a really neat program. Many libraries offer uh, story times. What are some different types of story times that you guys offer? Oh, sure. Well, we have our preschool story time that meets every Tuesday downtown and Thursday at LAD. And um, we've built that around Every Child Ready to Read, which is an early literacy initiative. It helps parents remember that they are their child's first teacher and it gives them ideas of how to incorporate early literacy skills at home. And then the one that I am really passionate about is Mother Goose on the Loose and it's for babies and toddlers and we do a bunch of interactive nursery rhymes. It has a lot of repetition. It's a lot of fun and we have a lot of moms that are coming to that regularly. And I like that. We do a similar version. It's called My Baby Storytime. Other Mm, libraries, it might be, you know, Baby Garden. It goes by a variety of names. But it's not necessarily sitting down reading a book. You're singing and doing rhymes. And as a parent, you maybe don't associate all of those other additional activities into those early literacy Mm -hmm. skills. But those are different ways that the kiddos learn how to read eventually. And it plays to their short attention spans, that (laughs) interactivity, the constant movement. Yep. I'm tired myself after doing that. (laughs) (laughs) If you do it right, if you're (laughs) You're working it. I enjoy those story times. And then what is the Ready 10? Can you talk about that? Yeah, of course. So that is an initiative that was developed by Reading Into Success, which is a local community partnership for grade level reading. So they're trying to get all of the third graders in Cedar Rapids reading at a third grade level. And they talked with kindergarten teachers in Cedar Rapids to help identify 10 skills that every kindergartner should have when they hit kindergarten. And so we are working on incorporating the learning of those 10 skills into our programs. And those skills involve things like the kiddos washing their hands and using the restroom by themselves or sharing cooperatively. And so we're working on, as well as the programs, having um, stuff about those 10 skills in our collections and even having interactive play things in our physical space, in our children's space. So different interactive elements. Yeah. And if people are listening outside of the Metro Network area, you know, you can always go to your local library. They're all working on a variety of different initiatives and find out what's available for your community and in your area. Right now, everybody's in the midst of summer reading. And I think that's a wonderful time to talk about print motivation because libraries try to make summer reading fun. And we offer not only the regular story times, but, you know, there's entertainment and there's a lot of a variety of programs to, again, reinforce that coming to the library is fun, enjoyable. How's your summer reading going so far? It's busy. It's so exciting. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> awesome. This is, the week, this is the week that's got me real tired. It's been the best. <laughs> that's great. So before we end, can both of you please share with us a favorite story time memory or book with us? I really like um, board books by Yusiku Yanazu. He has this one that's called Food, and it starts out with different pictures of food that turn into animals. So is this like a piece of corn on the cob? And then you turn the page and it turns into a crocodile. So it really captures the little one's attention. And then they're learning those food items, but also the animals in a fun, interactive way. 
It's critical thinking, too. I love that. <laughs> That's very cool. It's true. I'm going way back to my favorite story time with my grandparents. Mm. So oh, it's okay for right. a personal story. Yes, please. And I was also a kid that mostly grew up in the country, and we didn't visit our local library very often. But there were always books at my grandparents' mm. house. And my grandfather would always read us, hush, hush, it's sleepy time for animals. And then my grandmother would read us the Bremontown musicians, and then we could go to sleep. And those two stories, like I could almost recite them from heart. I still see, I still see the illustrations from time to time as I'm drifting off to sleep. Mm -hmm. And it's just a wonderful memory of a time that not only was very uniquely at my grandparents and special to like when my brother and I were there, it was usually if you know, they were babysitting us overnight or whatever. But one of the earliest memories and most constant memories I have of books in my life. Hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much for sharing that with us, both of you. So I want to thank Tara and Meredith again. We enjoy talking with you about the print motivation early literacy skill. This is the Stork Storytime Talks podcast from the North Liberty Library. And today we talked with our friends from the Cedar Rapids Public Library. Visit their website at crlibrary.org to find out more about their programming and services. Thanks again to our sponsor, Mercy Iowa City.